Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Once again, I'm very pleased to welcome you back to our weekly legal discussion on Chicago's Legal Latte. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And today we're going to rely on the services of an experienced uh, criminal defense attorney, James Dorr, to assist with our discussion. Uh, James is an associate at Lavelle Law and has shared his knowledge with us well, a number of times in, in the past. He's been a great resource in discussing uh, different defense strategies, explaining new or changing laws, and uh, providing details on protecting your rights in, in different legal matters as well. Now, today we're going to talk about a scenario in which uh, someone has a past record of arrest and would like to take some action to remove that from public records. Very interesting topic, and one I'm sure James will explain clearly for us, as he always does. So let's get to it. Um, James, welcome back. Nice to talk to you again. Hey, Jim. It's great to be back. So let's um, let's go ahead and set the stage for the discussion, because we always got to kind of frame what we're going to be talking about. And in this case, um, sure. I want to be clear. Are we talking about an individual with an arrest on their record, an actual conviction, or both? Uh, we're mainly looking at for what's ex- uh, eligible for expungement would be uh, not those charges in which a conviction was entered, but a charge in which a, a case was either defer- uh, judgment was deferred, such as in a supervision or a deferred prosecution or a dismissal even of cases. There could still be a record of the arrest. So we're talking about uh, misdemeanor uh, cases where a conviction did not enter uh, that would be subject to an expungement under these circumstances. Okay. All right. And, and I, you use the word expungement there. And you and I have had past conversations uh, about different processes, including that. But let's just do a quick recap on, on the definition of what we're talking about when you use that word. Sure. Well, the expungement essentially means uh, um, a process where a record of a criminal conviction is destroyed uh, from either a state or a federal uh, repository of, uh, of records. Um, and I know that the, the term, as it, as it is, says conviction in it, but as eligible in the state of Illinois, um, really it's mostly for cases where supervision was entered or a conviction was avoided altogether. So. Um, okay. It is a disposition of, by court, but that's what we're trying to erase that record. Got it. And now I'm going to throw a new term out here that I don't think you and I have talked about before, but um, we, we kind of went over it earlier today as we talked about this, and that's um, sealing. And can you kind of tell us what that is and how it might be different right. from an expungement? In, in some matters where in a case wouldn't necessarily be eligible for expungement, there's also the option, and it's the same uh procedure follow the same sort of petition that would be filed with the circuit court, and in a manner could be sealed from uh, public disclosure. So the record isn't entirely destroyed. There's still a record kept for law enforcement purposes. But as far as what's available to the public, say future employers or anything like that, um, the, the record would be sealed from, from the public's eyes. So that's kind of a, a middle ground if, if you could view it that way. Mm-hmm. And And I think that's a great point because um, you mentioned employers, and I, I was kind of wondering as we we talked about this, you know, why some someone would do this. Naturally, you, you don't want to have anything on your record, but is it removing this information from databases that an employer or 
I don't know, insurance company, other people might be able to access to, to find out about you, and you kind of remove it from those pools of information? Right, from the from the public databases. Um, say, for example, you go to a local uh, clerk's office. Well, you can get on a computer system and start looking up people's, you know, if you have somebody's name and a birthday, you can look up any kind of arrest that would be there. Now, an expungement would delete that information from the public database, so you couldn't simply go to a clerk's office and look up that information, and it wouldn't be available to the public in that kind of format. Okay, um, I do caution with um, you know with with computers these days and in, in the internet that what's out there, you know, that may be take some follow up on what can be on third party databases, but what's what's controlled by the the government themselves, the circuit clerks and that sort of thing, that's what we could have uh, either uh, sealed or expunged in in those matters. And and you mentioned public databases, um, you know, going through the clerk's office. Um, this could be vital information, and is it something that still is available to authorities, uh, whether it's you know police or other agencies, that even if it's expunged or sealed, they might still be able to access it, or is it gone completely? It's certain law enforcement can get at, at records even though they've been expunged. There's um, uh, ma- there's records kept by the FBI or Homeland Security or even the state police um, that that can still be subject to their search and their uses. Um, but for essentially our, what we're talking about for, say, an average person with a simple arrest who wants to you know, uh, clean up his record for employment purposes or whatnot, that's really what, what we're talking about here. Okay. And can you just give one more quick definition? When you mentioned simple arrest, you mentioned misdemeanors earlier. What sort of uh, offenses might be eligible for this type of action? Oh, just anything, uh, a simple battery could be um, mm-hmm. subject to expungement. Um, you have to be careful. There's certain matters that are that are not subject to an expungement. It might be easier to point that out. Okay, um, A sure. DUI is not, not eligible for expungement. Uh, like I said, DUI or domestic battery, not eligible. Um, so it's, you have to be careful. There's, there's certain, uh, in the petition that would be filed with the circuit clerk, there's a, a list of offenses that are not subject to expungement. And it, you know, particular uh, careful screening has to be uh, done in order not to file a petition for a case that's not eligible. Got it. Okay. Well, you're hearing today from James Dore of Lavelle Law on our conversation. He's uh, an experienced uh, uh, criminal attorney, and, and we're talking about the process for removing past arrests from public records. If you follow Lavelle Law on social media or visit their website at lavellelaw.com, you may have seen some recent articles by James regarding changes to speeding and and DUI laws here in Illinois. Um, So as a follower, I I appreciate the timely updates such as those, and I suggest really everybody just take the opportunity to to stay current on topics like this by by checking the media tab at lavellelaw.com or or just uh, following via social media. And, uh, and get frequent updates. Now, Jim, we've, t- we've sort of gone through a whole long list of, of uh, definitions here. Um, let's talk about the process. If someone wants to pursue this action, uh, how do they begin? Okay. Um, well, there's uh, each uh, clerk's office has uh, their own procedures that need to be followed. So depending on where the person is located and where the, the, the offense occurred, you know, you have to follow the local court rules and their their um you know their their procedures. So, um, the start of the case, you sell, you file a petition with the clerk's office, pay a filing fee uh, to file that petition. Uh, that petition itself gets reviewed by the state's attorney's office and the Illinois State Police to see if they have any any objections 
to the expungement going forward. Um, and after that, then it would end up in front of the uh, appropriate circuit court judge who would hear those expungements for that county. Okay. Now, you mentioned the prosecutors. I, I was curious, would a prosecutor or victim uh, of, of the crime, if it, were, if it was a crime that involved a victim of some sort, would they be able to be notified of this and testify in the process? Well, well part of the process in, in the state's attorney's office is, is and they're looking out for the public's interest. So the uh, threshold inquiry on the part of the circuit court judge will be, is this individual, this petitioner seeking expungement, is, is his interest in being free from a criminal record, does that outweigh the state's interest in retaining that criminal record? So the state's going to be looking at you know, other potential victims out there and want to be able to put the public on notice that this person has had a criminal event in their past. So that's one of the things that the state's attorney's office will be looking at is how strong was their case, are their victims still around, you know, that sort of thing. Now, that will go into their their um, inquiry into whether or not they want to object or not to the expungement going forward. Okay. And and with or without that type of objection, then does it ultimately, as you mentioned, get assigned to a to a uh, particular judge in a court and, and a hearing takes place there? That's correct. It gets assigned to a judge once it gets past that step. Um, in, in some counties, if there's no objection by the state's attorney's office, the judge will go ahead and sign it and, and enter the order uh, on the judge's discretion or judge's motion. But if there's an objection by either the state police or the prosecutor, then a hearing is set, and then the judge will conduct a hearing. And these aren't automatic, so it's it's important to be prepared for these hearings because as a petitioner, it's a, the burden is on us going forward um, to maintain that the reason for the expungement, that we meet the statutory requirements, and it's also in the, in the best interest of, of everybody involved to have the expungement go forward. And that, that balance between public interests and the interests of the individual, is that really the sort of the prevailing guideline that the, that the court is looking for, or are there other standards that they need to see met before they might approve something like this? That That is the main the main inquiry, is whether the interest, individual's interest outweighs the state's interest in maintaining that record. Um, but the state, the, the judge will look at uh, different matters. The judge will look at um, the strength of the state's case, um, the reasons that the individual is seeking, they have the uh, records uh, expunged, um, such as in look at the actual criminal offense itself, um, and anything about the individual himself, you know, age, employment record, you know, educational background, things like that. So the judge will balance many factors in making this decision. And, and does, is there a time factor? Is this something that um, certainly someone may want to do quickly, but does, does the court say, look, we want a little time here before we grant this, we want to see how behavior is over a period of time, or uh, any any specific duration that they want to see before they'd grant this? Uh, well, the, the the state's attorney and the Illinois State Police are provided a, a, an adequate amount of time to search their records and then put on the record whether they want to object or not to the expungement going forward. Um, as far as the judge, judge has discretion. I've seen judges uh, continue a case for many months um, in order to have the petitioner uh, finish certain tasks that the judge wants to see before granting mm -hmm. the expungement. So the judge has a wide wide discretion in this area. Okay. Now um, we we've talked about this in, uh, in in very you know specific terms and uh, talked about uh, expungement and, and sealing. Um, 
There's also an executive clemency um, opportunity, and is that considerably different than these? It's a different procedure. It, it, it is considerably different, um, and really, that's that's a separate packet that needs to be submitted to the governor's office and the in the Illinois Prisoner Review Board and making that determination. But I just want the people out there to know that if expungement's not, if the person's not eligible for expungement because it's a past you know, felony matter, say, or a conviction, um, and not necessarily, you know, is, is sealing the record available, there's always that option of going to the governor and trying to get an, uh, a pardon there. And actually the governor can authorize that the matter be expunged. So that's something to keep in mind. There's another, another track, as it were, to expungement, and that goes through the governor's office. Okay. So for someone who does have something on the record, they, they, they're interested in this, um, give me a quick recap. I assume we, we say, look, it's going to take some time. There's there's some uh, burden of proof that this is a, a warranted effort. What else should people expect as they head into it? Um, just that they have to be you know, familiar with what happened in the past. They'll have to know uh, when the offense occurred. Uh, case numbers help because I'll have to do my research into what the matter, uh, where it occurred, and what the disposition, the final disposition in court was. Um, so just be prepared to answer attorney's questions about how this went, how this happened. Um, provide some factual basis to uh, the events at hand, and, uh, and be prepared for you know a little bit of delay. While there's you know it's not necessarily a delay, but the part, other parties involved have a chance to look at it in the same way that the, you know, the attorney got to look at it in the first place, and then um, and be prepared ultimately to testify in court to answer some some basic questions, but the judge will want to hear the petitioner's own words many times in, in going forward. Well, um, as always, uh, a very uh, full and productive conversation with Attorney James Dorr of Lavelle Law, and I want to thank him for being with us. Uh, uh, we, we certainly gave as much as we could, but there's always more and other questions you might have. You can reach James at 847-705-7555. Or uh, always, as I said, check LavelleLaw.com, great resource for information. So many thanks to James for being here today. And as always, we appreciate you taking time to listen as well. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at LavelleLaw.com. 